Welcome to The Cap, where we are here to speak with college reps and other professionals in the field of college admissions to help answer all your questions and guide you through every step of the process. So if you're serious about college admissions, you've come to the right place. Are you ready? Let's talk about it. And now, here's your host, Dr. John Durante. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and I am here to introduce you to college admissions representatives and other professionals in the field of college admissions. Our purpose is to serve you, the students and parents, so that you may gain insight straight from the people who ultimately make the decisions. Regardless of whether you will apply to a particular school being highlighted, you should listen to all of the episodes as each guest will give you tremendous insight and advice on every aspect of the college admissions process, prompting you to come up with your own follow-up questions for when you visit campus or meet with a college admissions representative yourself. Lastly, if you have any questions you'd like me to cover on future episodes or any comments you'd like to share, please email me at collegeadmissionstalk at gmail.com. And don't forget to visit our website at www.collegeadmissionstalk.com. So are you ready? Let's talk about it. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am John Durante, your proud host, and it gives me great pleasure to introduce to you today Megan Walsh, who's the Assistant Dean of Enrollment Management at Drew University. Megan, thank you so much for being with us today, and how are you today? Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Great. Well, we're delighted to have you. Why don't we start by simply asking you to tell us about yourself, Megan, as it relates to being in admissions. Sure. Well, um, I am the Assistant Dean of Enrollment Management at Drew University. I've been at Drew for just over three years. And um, I work with students primarily in New Jersey, but also in Southeast Pennsylvania. Each of us kind of have an area of the country that we work with really closely. Um, we're also really involved with events on campus. We have a big one tomorrow, actually. So we have Discover Drew Day that we have um, and throughout the spring and summer. So um, we're involved with events, with working with students, going to high schools to meet with students at college fairs and high school visits and welcoming our students to campus as well. Fantastic. So Megan, I've heard so many great things about Drew, but tell me, what is it about your university that makes it so appealing for students to want to apply and ultimately attend? Well, what I think is really special about Drew is that we are a small liberal arts college in the middle of a forest. Our campus is a designated forest. But unlike a lot of small liberal arts colleges in the middle of a forest, we're not in the middle of nowhere. So right from campus, you can walk into downtown Madison, which is a super cute, really charming college town. And we have a direct train line to New York City right, on, right in Madison. So you can leave your dorm room and get into the city in just about an hour, which gives our students the opportunity to do a lot of cultural experiences, go see shows, go to museums, explore the city. And it also gives our students a great opportunity to have internships in the city um, and to participate in something that we call New York City semesters. So two days a week if you're in a New York City semester, you go into the city, you take a class in the morning with a Drew professor in one of our classroom spaces there, and then you spend the afternoon shadowing professionals in their places of business. So that could be on Wall Street. Our students learn about the financial markets and then meet with analysts and traders that are on the stock exchange floor. 
We have a UN semester where you actually have low-level security clearance at the UN for the semester. We have a uh, museum administration program. There's not too many places better than New York for that. We have a theater program where you actually stage a production with an off-Broadway theater company. Um, a communications and media program where you might be at Rockefeller Center, you're seeing shows being produced, you're going to advertising agencies and PR firms. Um, we also have a art program where you walk around the city and meet with artists and gallery owners. Um, and it's a really great opportunity, all of these, to find out what you're passionate about and meet people that are going to help you along the way as you're looking for careers after you graduate. A lot of these experiences lead to internships. And a lot of these experiences um, end up being networking for when you're looking for a job after you graduate. Well, definitely one of the benefits being close to New York City, like you said, it affords students the opportunities for so many different types of internships and cultural experiences, whether it's going to the theater, museums, and all of the great things that the city has to offer. Many students, Megan, and their parents have reached out, though, suggesting that I ask about life on campus. So what can you tell us about life on campus outside of the classroom? Absolutely. So we're a very residential campus. Over 90% of our students live on campus, and we're guaranteed housing for all four years. So our students tend to stay on campus. What's nice about that is that we always have something going on then. So sometimes there are big events, like our winter ball is a big favorite. We have a spring carnival every year. We have a music festival. But then other things are small events throughout the week, like bingo night. People always go to bingo night because they give really, really good prizes. Uh, so those are really popular. Popular. Anytime there's free food at an event, they're really popular. So a lot of our cultural clubs have some really great um, dinners that people love. Our Thanksgiving feast is always a big, big hit too. So there's always something going on. Um, and because we're so residential, our students are there and it is a small community. So it's a very close knit community. That sounds awesome. Megan, can you walk us through the process of how you evaluate the applications? Sure. So when I, um, so like I said before, I'm in charge of a particular geographic territory. So um, the, the, the students who apply from that area, I'll read their applications. And um, what I'm looking for really is the, the first thing I look at, obviously, is your transcript. I want to see the, your grades. Um, I really want to see that you challenged yourself throughout the four years. So have you taken honors classes? Have you taken AP classes? Did you get a little bit stronger each year. Um, it's not all about your GPA. It really isn't. And frankly, I would rather see how you did in your classes than your actual GPA because you could have a really high GPA and and pad your your transcript with electives and you know and that does that mean as much as maybe someone who challenged themselves with some harder level classes and you know didn't do quite as well so you weigh a lot of different things there's not there's it's never a simple just one number makes a difference we look at everything um, I also look at your recommendation letters I read what your teachers have to say um, I look at your activity section and you know have you done leadership activities and community service um, my favorite part of your application is the essay. I love reading students' essays. That's how I really learn the most about you. So I, that all comes into play when I'm looking at an application. Not one data point is going to you know, really make me make a decision. I look at all of it. We are test optional, so students can provide their test scores, and we certainly take that into consideration if they choose to. But if they don't provide their test scores, no assumptions are made about that because we've been test optional for years and 
we know how to we know how to read an application without test scores and we know that they're not always the best way to, to, to tell a student's potential. So it sounds like you truly do take a holistic approach to the entire application process and I really appreciate that insight on how you go through it. What is the average profile of the current freshman class? Sure. So um, our average GPA last year was 3.66, and our um, the median SAT score was 1250. Um, now, being that we're test optional, that you know, I think we see on most profiles that the test scores are trending a little higher because less students are providing them. And usually you're only providing them if you are really happy with your test scores. So don't be discouraged if your test scores are a little lower than our median, because remember that those are only people that have submitted them. And if a prospective student falls a little below the current freshman class's average, what are some of the things they can do to increase their chances of being admitted? I would absolutely interview. Um, we have an optional interview uh, availability, and um, really, the the interview is a really great way for us to get to know you beyond what's on paper. Sometimes things just don't show on your transcript that are really important. Let's say maybe you know sophomore year was a little rough. We all know that during COVID, it was hard when you're when you're going back and forth, hybrid and in class and home. It was natural that a lot of students grades dipped so we do understand that but being able to have a conversation really puts that into perspective and lets us see some things that maybe didn't didn't show on a transcript so i would definitely recommend that um and like i said we look at everything so there's oftentimes that your teacher recommendation and your counselor recommendation can really show us that you've worked so hard and overcome challenges and we've we've you know really believe in you that way sometimes we will ask for your mid-year grades or your first semester grades so that's sometimes you know just a way to see um, maybe if junior year wasn't so strong let's see how that they're how they're doing senior year so if a school asks you for those definitely provide them because it's really the admissions office really trying to advocate for you and and hope that you know you're doing well this year Great, and thank you so much for that. You mentioned the interview. Megan, what are the kinds of things that you're looking to learn about a student when they come in for the interview? Well, interviewing is, is I don't want anyone to think the interview is a scary process because um, if you work in an admissions office, you're usually pretty friendly. We, you don't, it's not a job you take if you don't like talking <laughs> to people. Um, so we're not a very intimidating bunch, but we do really enjoy when our students come and interview. We've been doing our interviews online and doing it through Zoom. Um, it was just, it was made it much easier for students because it didn't require taking the day off from school or, you know, traveling distances. So if a student is on campus, they can absolutely interview in person, but, um, most students have chosen to do the Zoom interviews this year. So, um, really, I just want to see, you know, what, what you're passionate about, what you're interested in, you know, what's your, um, what's your strategy in a class that maybe isn't going so well? What do you do when, when, you know, when a class is difficult? Um, what do you do outside of school? And this is sort of a chance to kind of talk about the things that you're really excited to get involved with 
once you're at Drew, I want to know how you will impact our community and, you know, what you'll get involved with. So learning just about kind of what you're interested in exploring and getting to know you a little better. It's also a great opportunity for a student to ask questions. Sometimes when you're in an info session or on a tour, it can be intimidating to ask a question. So it's a good chance one-on-one -on -one just to get your questions answered as well. Well, thank you so much for that. That's very helpful. Do you use, Megan, the student's high school GPA as indicated on their transcript, or do you recalculate the GPA using your own calculations? So yes and no. Um, I don't recalculate the GPA. However, um, you know, it really is the least important part, in my opinion, of the transcript. Um, I really would prefer to see the individual grades and the rigor of the classes. So, um, you know, if some, if a senior year, for example, this is important about rigor, sometimes senior year, there is a, you know, um, you can be, you can be tempted to take a much less rigorous senior year. Um, so having all A's and cooking and gym and, you know, classes like that is, is great, but that won't necessarily, you know, um, help as, as it would if you were taking, you know, pre-calculus with an A. So as much as the GPA isn't recalculated, we do take into consideration what classes, um, like, so if you have all C's in, in your academic classes, but all A's in your non-academic classes, that isn't really shown on your GPA, but it'll show on your transcript. Great, and thank you again for that explanation. A student's activity sheet is another piece of their application, obviously. What are the kinds of things you're looking for beyond the work they did in the classroom? So I look for a well-rounded activity sheet, um, and I'm gonna put a little bit of an asterisk on this because what I do want everyone to understand is that we know that your activity sheet looks a little different than you thought it would um, because of COVID restrictions. So um, for the past few years, we've seen students that say um, 9th, 10th, and 12th grade that they did an activity because 11th grade, all of their activities were canceled. So I don't want anyone to feel like, you know, they're alone in that. Um, you know, for students applying next year, a lot of times it'll be their there are freshmen and sophomore years that might be a little lighter than junior and senior. So we do understand we're looking at your application in the context we're receiving it. And, and we know that times have been very different. What I do look for is, you know, that you have gotten involved how you can. And so um, having something well-rounded, if you're, you know, involved in a sport, if you're involved in the arts, um, I'd love to see some leadership, I'd love to see community service. Um, sometimes I have students that, you know, and this comes up in the interview, sometimes I'll say, what do you do? What kind of activities do you do? And they'll say, I don't really do anything extracurricularly. And so when you ask the follow-up question, so what do you do after school? And then a student says, well, I, I have to get home from school because I take care of my sibling and then I help my sibling do their homework and then um, I help my mom make dinner and then I go and I, and I have a part-time job. Those are absolutely extracurricular activities. So please include those. If you have a job, if you are taking care of family members, that shows us your work ethic. It shows you, it shows us that you can time manage. So sometimes your activities aren't just your traditional, I'm, I'm in the French club. It can be the different things that you do that um, you really have to juggle as a student. So, um, you know, don't be afraid to place those on there as well. Well, I really appreciate that because some people take for granted the importance of 
a part-time job or taking care of a sibling or maybe even an elder adult that lives in the family, in the home. So I really appreciate you giving that insight, Megan. Thank you so much. How important are students' grades in senior year? And can you give an example of why students' senior year grades made you change your mind regarding their admission status? So, so um, unfortunately, it kind of depends sometimes on when you apply. So, you know, don't slack off at the end because even if you um, apply at a certain time, you don't know when your application will be read. So if you're applying regular decision, for example, so those, um, those applications can be read anytime, January, February, or even into March. So by then, we usually will see your midterm grades. Um, so some, you know, it would be very unfortunate to to see midterm grades that were really low as a senior because that would really show us that you aren't taking it seriously in the end. Unless, like I said, sometimes there are circumstances that you know that happen, and we definitely take that into consideration. But um, you know, just remember that it's not over after your junior transcript. Remember that you always have to provide schools with your final transcript at the end. So your 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 um, colleges will see your grades even after you've been admitted. Great. Thank you so much for that, Megan. You mentioned earlier the college essay. What are some examples of college essays that really stuck with you? So this is my favorite topic of all. <laughs> and... Um, I could talk about essays all day, but I will um, keep it short for the for the benefit of your listeners. Um, but I do love the essay. It's my favorite favorite part of your application. It's really how I get to know the students. Um, you know, it really doesn't matter what you write about. It's it's you can write about anything. There's actually um, an episode of. Um, modern family that I think about because in the in modern family the daughter was applying to colleges and she was really nervous because nothing traumatic had ever happened to her she never had this dramatic moment so her parents dropped her off um, in the woods and made her find her way home and so that she had something to write about you don't have to have a traumatic experience um, I hope you haven't had traumatic experiences in your life it doesn't have to be something dramatic you can write about really anything um, there's a couple things I'll caution you about what I, what I wouldn't love to see. And one of the questions on the common app essay is you use write about anything. Um, so the, that's pretty, you know, open ended there. Sometimes people are tempted to use an essay that maybe they used for their English class or history class that they got an A on. And while that shows me that you know how to structure an essay and you know how to use citations and you can write grammatically correct, it doesn't tell me anything about you. Um, I've read some essays where, you know, someone compared Hamlet to Macbeth. I don't really want to read that. It's not interesting <laughs> to me at this point. Um, so don't do that. That would be my suggestion. Don't do that, even if it was a really well-executed essay that got you an A. Um, I also would say make sure that your essay tells me something that I don't already know from your application. So a perfect example of this is if you are a baseball recruit and you are and you played on the baseball team and you're on a club team and your community service is, you know, helping little kids play baseball, then if you write your essay also about the winning game in your baseball season, you haven't told me anything new about you. So try to find something that, you know, I wouldn't necessarily know just from glancing over your activity sheet right away. Um, 
a couple of essays that really stand out to me, as you asked. Um, I read an essay once about a student who always went to the same restroom at her school because there were positive messages um, written on the walls. And she talked about how those messages gave her the confidence to try all of these different things that she tried throughout high school. So it was a really clever way to without listing out her activities, kind of talk about the things that she achieved and accomplished. Um, another essay was about a, um, a student who spent a lot of weekends working on a stone patio with her grandfather. And as she made, as she was laying the stone, she talked about how their relationship grew and about the different parts of her family. Um, it was really beautifully done. Um, when I said it doesn't have to be about anything dramatic, one student wrote her essay about the hair tie that she wears around her wrist all the time, <laughs> and she calls him Stretchy, and it was all about Stretchy's adventures, which were actually her adventures. So, you know, like I said, it can, you know, if you can, if you can make an admissions counselor laugh a little bit, that's great, because we read a lot of essays, so it's really fun if we can get a laugh. Um, I have been known to cry during essays. <laughs> so, you know, just tell a story, just really, you know, know, teach me a little bit about you and, and show us the, the impact you'll have on our campus and on our community. Well, those are great examples and great advice. Obviously, you want a little bit of insight into their personality and what, uh, you know, makes them want to get up in the morning. So thank you for that. Really appreciate it. Megan, do you offer any supports for students that may have had an IEP or a 504 in high school? And if so, can you explain? What do you offer in terms of uh, supports for students? Sure, we absolutely do. The one thing that's different about the high school experience and college experience is um, we won't know that you have any support in high school unless you tell us. So you can't, in, in high school, a lot of the, the support that you may have in high school kind of carried over from middle school. And so what I would suggest is that you really learn about your the resources that you have some students it's been handled by their parents so they don't really know what's in their IEP make sure that you can advocate for yourself because um, the only way we'll know is if if you tell us because that doesn't you know those the, your your high school records won't go forward that way so you do have to um, to seek out that support but we have it absolutely available on campus I recommend that students before they even start at Drew before you pick your classes before you do any of that that you meet with our office of accessibility resources because they can sit down with you and really talk about the services that you've had in high school what you'll need in college and how they can help you um, even you know like I said before you start kind of planning out your schedule you can do that before you know you can do that in the spring of your senior year even I definitely recommend that well that's great advice students I hope you're listening advocate for yourself that's something that you should do throughout high school college and of course beyond so thank you for that Megan what about students aspiring to play sports in college what advice do you have for prospective student athletes in terms of making their intentions to play known so we're a D3 school. Um, we have 22 varsity sports on campus. It's a really fun experience. It's a really great way to get involved on campus, to um, connect with your peers, to keep the competition that you had throughout high school. Um, and, you know, because we're the, the way we're structured, we um, make sure that your academics aren't at stake. We want to make sure that you are a student athlete, that you participate in 
every aspect of campus life. So if you're an athlete, you can still study abroad. You can still do the New York City semesters I mentioned. We, we have an internship. We really want to make sure that not one part of your experience overshadows the others. So it's a really great opportunity. One thing I would say is to connect with the coach. If you come to campus and you're touring, for example, um, let your admissions counselor know and we will, you know, Sometimes we can just call over to the athletic center and you can meet with them, um, send them an email, they send them tape, send them, um, you know, let them know your, your tournament schedules. So if you are interested in uh, playing a sport, you can reach out to the coach and say, this is where I'll be competing. Um, and they'll, they'll continue the conversation with you um, that way as well. Those are great pieces of advice, Megan. Thank you so much. Reaching out to the coaches, number one, is extremely important, but also letting them know if you're in a particular tournament. Again, making them aware is uh, a wonderful thing that you can do to make your intentions to play known. So thank you again for that. Lastly, Megan, what are the three top pieces of advice you would give a student and their parents who are getting ready for the college process? I really think the most valuable way to know if a school is the right place for you is to visit. Um, go to campus, take the tour, and then spend a little time on campus outside of the tour. Walk through the dining hall, walk through the student center, maybe just kind of sit on a bench in the middle of campus and take it all in and just see how you feel. Can you picture yourself there for the next four years? It's really important to feel at home on a campus because it is going to be your home for the next four years of your life. So you want to make sure that it that it feels right to you. Ask questions, ask your tour guide questions, um, and just take it all in. It can be a really overwhelming experience, but it's also really fun. It can be really fun to see campuses. Um, the other thing I would say is to connect with your admissions counselor. We're here to help. We're here you know, to guide you through the process. Um, we do a lot of outreach to students, so nothing makes us happier than when students reach out to us. So when you're on campus, ask to speak to your admissions counselor. Use at Drew, like I said, it's um, it's by geographic location, so you know everyone has an admissions counselor really assigned to them, and we love getting to know you. So you know, just ask to speak to us. We'd love that. Send us an email. Um, if you have any questions, we're here to help you with that too. So use us as the resources that we are. If you're interested in a specific program, for example, we can connect you with a faculty member to tell you a little bit more about the specifics. We can connect you with a current student. Um, so I would definitely do that. The other thing, and this is um, a, a piece of advice that might be a little bit unique to Drew, but I think it's really valuable, is at the end of your junior year, you can do something called an early estimate. And this is an early, early estimate of your application to see what merit scholarships you would qualify for. So it takes a lot of the stress out of the application process. So what you would just reach out to your admissions counselor. You can provide a transcript that's, that's um, complete after your junior year. You can give your test scores if you choose to. And we can give you an estimate of what merit scholarships you would qualify for. In uh, the case of Drew, your merit scholarships range from $10,000 to $25,000 a year. Uh, we also have a few additional scholarships that you can apply for. One is our honors program, so that's reserved for our highest applicants who are interested in taking a challenging 
course load of honors classes and do mentorship and cultural events. They do a thesis at the end. We also have something called the Drew Action Scholars, and these, these students are interested in serving others, so they will do community service projects. They're really part of a cohort of students when they start at school. Both of those programs are an additional $2,500 scholarship a year, so that's another way to, to earn a little more merit scholarship money. And then we also have an art scholarship. You don't have to be an art major at Drew. It's just our way of showing appreciation for the arts you did in high school, and that's an additional $1,500 a year. So all of those, you know, would be taken into consideration when you're looking at the kind of the kind of financial aid package you'll be offered. We also have need-based scholarships that is determined by your FAFSA, and we can do that in the early estimate as well. Your parents just do have to fill out some um, some financial information, and we can provide you basically of what uh, your financial aid package would look like if you applied. So that's a really helpful tool. I would definitely suggest doing it. You have absolutely nothing to lose. Um, and like I said, it takes a little bit of the stress out of the application process. Well, thank you so much for those tremendous pieces of advice. And I'm really interested about the early estimate. That's something that is new, we haven't heard before. And I think it's just a great tool for students and their parents. So at the end of junior year, they could reach out and get an early estimate in terms of what scholarship money they would receive, which I think is terrific. So Megan, thank you so much for all of that. Thank you so much for your time, your advice, your insight. I'm so grateful because I know it's going to help so many students and their parents. We really appreciate everything you did for us today, Megan. Thank you. Well, I loved being here. It was so nice talking to you. I wish everyone the best of luck in their college process. Come and visit us. We'd love to have you on campus, and um, hopefully we'll get to meet you. Thank you so much, Megan. That's terrific. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please don't forget to tell a friend and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. I am your host, John Durante, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Cap.